And now, another timely and powerful message from Pastor Emmanuel Williams and Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee. Our text is going to come from Jude, Jude 1, 24 to 25. And for those of you all are not so familiar with the New Testament, Jude is just right next to Revelation. If you flip your Bible at the back, it's right next to Revelation. Amen? This book of Jude has brought me so much great strength in my heart, and I'm sure it will for you today. Amen? Amen. Now, when you have it, I want you to say, I got it. I got it. And it reads, Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only can somebody say only? only the only wise God and Savior be glory and majestic and dominion and power both now and forevermore amen before we discuss the text let me say this by way of introduction the epistle of Jude was written by Jude he was the brother of Jesus and he, he, it, was, it was written to remind and encourage the Christian to contend for the true faith and to be aware of false doctrine. We are living in a time when the body of Christ needs to have discernment like never before. We need to trust God. The dangers of life and its ongoing threats can leave us feeling sometimes insecure. It can leave us feeling hopeless and sometimes even doubting God, although we have seen the many promises in his word. We know that we cannot do anything by ourselves, but God tells us to trust him. While our focus is on verse 24 and 25, we will quickly touch on a few other verses for contextual um, reason. Amen. So verse 1. So the book of Jude, Jude said, he wrote it for those that were sanctified by God our Father. Uh-huh. They are preserved in Jesus Christ. Uh-huh. And they are called. In other words, it is written for us believers. Amen. To me that sounds like good and great news to me especially in those challenging times that we have it is good to know that me cheryl i am sanctified by god the father preserved in jesus christ and called according to jude i'm so glad about it since are you not glad that you are called and sanctified and preserved by god jude said in verse 3 Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of a common salvation, he said it was needful. He said it was important for me to write unto you and exalt you. Why, he said, that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. He said we must earnestly and earnestly means to wage war against error. 
in all forms and to fight vigorously for the truth like a soldier. I believe we, we don't have a soldier that goes to battle and just be complacent, right? A soldier fight, and that's what we are in the army of the Lord. We are fighters and we wear for rage war in the kingdom of darkness. So that's what we have been trusting to do as soldiers in the body, to guard the body. The pure doctrine delivered unto us. Amen. There will be no need to contend, according to Job, if there's not a war. Because we know the Bible says that we wrestle against principalities. We, get, we wrestle against wars in the heavenlies. We wrestle against all the things that we do not see. And we Christians need to be alert in these times. Today, we are also attacked by false prophets, right? False apostles and false teachers who seek to attack our faith when we trust in the one and only God. But since I want to encourage you, just like Job, to, what did he say? We should earnestly contend for our faith. Contend. Judge... Jude urges those who are sanctified by God the Father, preserved in Jesus Christ, and called to contend for the faith against those who seek to undermine what the Bible says and erode it. Since this faith was entrusted to God, holy people, and we are his holy people, all believers, not just Christian leaders, we are called to defend our faith. And since this faith, faith was entrusted once and for all, Jude intends to stand for those who claim to receive new revelation but have no truth. Amen. That's why we believers, he says that we are to study, we cannot defend the faith if we do not study the word. Second Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show ourselves approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of God. Saints, we have to study. Amen. We got to study it for ourselves. So after we leave here, don't take my word. As you're here, write down the scripture. That's what a good student of the word does. And you do your own research. Another... And the NSB said, be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does, need to, does not need to be ashamed. Accurately. See, we can read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. But while we are reading, we need to ask God for the revelation knowledge, for the comprehension so that we can understand the mysteries that lie within the scripture. So saints as directed by God, the Holy Spirit, we are to contend for the faith. Through God's personal teaching, the Holy Spirit is our guide. And he is going, not going to lead us wrong. John 14, 26 reads, But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach us all things not some things all things 
Paul also gave a lot of warnings and he gave similar warnings. In Galatians, he gave a warning, Galatians 1, 6 to 9. He said that that's why we have to be defenders of the faith. Can somebody say defenders? I have to be a defender of the faith right now. But we cannot defend the faith if we are tossed here and over there. That's why we have to guard our ear gate. What we listen to. It's important that we know that what we're listening is sound doctrine. And it corresponds with the word of God. If it doesn't correspond with the word, it's not sound doctrine. And also context is very important. Now there are a lot of people that belittle the gospel by doubting the power which he has given us. But in Matthew 28, 18, he says, after Jesus rose, what did he say? He said, all power, not some, all power is given unto us in heaven and in earth. And in verse 9 in Matthew 28, 19, he says that, take that power and go into all the world and preach the gospel. Since we need power to preach the gospel, we will run into darkness. We will run into people that doesn't comprehend. And if we're not good stewards of his word, this is my manual. I read it, I digest it, and I ask the Lord for revelation knowledge. Job said you can decree a thing and it will be established. We can speak to the mountain. We can speak to any virus, any disease, high blood pressure, cancerous cell, and what he said, it will be done. We have had countless examples in the Bible to show that God is the God yesterday, today, and forever. If he have done it then past, he can do it again, and he has done it. My point here is that we cannot belittle the gospel by doubting the power that it has. Amen. I am standing by God's word and says that I'm not going to get the virus. Amen. I am not. Cheryl is not going to get the virus. Amen. There are members in my family that have diabetes, high blood pressure, cancerous cell. I have been declaring, I have been declaring some things in my life. I will not get high blood pressure. I don't care if my mother has it, my sister has it. I will not get diabetes. I am whole. My bloodline is Jesus' bloodline. What he has in his blood is Sherry blood. Verse 4 in our text, Jude 1 4, it says that there were false teachers. Let's read it. He said, For there are certain men. Who crept in unaware, who were before all ordained for this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lavishness and denying the only God, our Lord Jesus Christ. So, for, so, so false, so false teachers, false, and who they are. We're going to talk about who the false teachers are. But it says they, they pervert the grace of our God 
into a license for immorality and false teaching. Number two, it says they deny Jesus Christ as our only sovereign Lord. The only. Because he is the Messiah. He is the God of the living God. He is the God and there is no other. But Jude gave us a list that shows or identified those apostates. He said they crept in honorary. In other words, they were unnoticed while you were praising God and while you were thanking God for your blessing. They were right there. They were sneaking in by the side door. They are not God called teachers. They did not believe in Jesus Christ and he's the son of God who came to earth to save us. Therefore, they did not belong in the church. They crept in on a rare. Why did they do that? Because they want to join in for the benefit and the opportunity that was presented in the body of Christ. He said those men were ordained to condemnation. Long time ago, ungodly men and women and, and he, 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 let's jump to verse 8 because he gave some more description of those false prophets. It says, like all also those filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despite dominion, and speak evil of dignities. So he said, filthy dreamers, big ideas going nowhere. They defile the body. Despite wisdom, they rebel against authority. They're in the church. Not here at Imitators of God Ministry. But they're in the church. Speak of dignity. They gossip about the leadership. They listen to the vision. And they try to take the vision and make it this. But it does not work. What does the Bible say? No weapon form cannot prosper. So it's right there. I'm just giving. That's not my words. That's what June, Jude is warning us about. Verse 18. Verse 8, 11, sorry. It says, Woe unto them. For they have gone in the way out of Cain and ran greedily after the errors er the of Balaam. For rewards and perish in the gainsaying of core. So as we know, both Cain and Abel, were, they, they, they knew what God expected for them to present an offering. However, Cain deliberately chose to be defiant to God. And that is the same thing that's happening in the church. False prophets, false teachers... They're pretending that they are one of us and they are not. They come in disguise. That's why we Christians have to have that spirit of discernment right now. Everybody's on social media. And that's okay to be on social media. But that's why saints, you have to search the scriptures for yourself and ask God for revelation knowledge. Because the same one I talk, you cannot have two things in your mouth. The Bible says death and life is in your mouth. Mm 
You cannot talk faith and then act doubt. Amen. It doesn't line up to God's word. Amen. Verse 12 said, Jude said, there are sports in your feast of charity. When they feast with you, that's not my words, that's Jude. They're feeding themselves without fear. Clothes, they are without water. Carried, uh, carried about winds. Trees whose fruits withered without fruits. Twice dead and plucked out by the roots. So this is a picture of false teachers offering hope to people. But their hope is empty and unstable. These are the first people that say, buy their fruits, buy their fruits. But their actions say otherwise. Since that is just a warning for the body of Christ. We are living in a time where we cannot be shy to tell the saints exactly what is going on. Now, now when Jude talk about a law, a law feast, he's talking about back in the days, you know, they used to have the fellowship and the breaking of bread. And what happened to the breaking of bread? What happened to the breaking of bread in the body of Christ? But even when we do have breaking of bread, we still have people complaining. Verse 13, I'm just, I'm just running through the text so we can get on my text. Verse 13, he says, Waging waves of the sea, forming out their own shame. Wandering stars to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. False teachers warning about grasping for light after light. Turning the truth away. So you can talk the truth to them and they are not going to listen. They are desperate to seek the souls of the believer. Desperate to grasp your faith. The faith that Paul and all the apostles warned us about. Verse 14 and 15, I'm just going to do uh, uh, just a, a, a closure. It says, false teachers are doomed. You can read that at home, 14 and 15. They are to be judged by the Lord Jesus Christ himself. That's what 14 and 15 says. But he's coming to judge them, the false teachers. That lead God's people astray. They will be judged for their ungodly deeds. The deeds that wasn't centered around who Jesus Christ is. He is going to bring the false teachers to judgment. And if you are listening and you are unclear and you are unsure what God is saying in this season. I am telling you the only way you are going to know is to tap into God's word judge Jude did not stop here he let's jump over to verse 16 he said that they are murmurers habitual grumblers they grumble for everything Oh, the pastor is doing something about the vision. They grumble about it. Again, we're doing another. We're expanding the church. We're going evangelizing. They are grumblers. They are complainers. They are just ungrateful for what God has done for them. Just like the children of Israel. See, God took the children of Israel. What he did? He brought them to the promised land. And they were still murmuring and grumbling. 
walking uh, after their own lust, driven by their own desires and not God's desires. Their mouth speaking great swelling words. They speak arrogantly. I am doctor, pastor, apostle, Williams. They exalt themselves rather than God's word. They pretend to admire the leadership, but they don't. They have their own agenda at hand. There are several verses in the New Testament that does the same thing and demonstrate the same thing that Jude talks about. Paul talks about that a, long, a lot in his um, um, reading, in his writing. He talks about that to the church of the Philippians. He talked about that. He told, them how to, told us how to conduct ourselves. Um, but how does Jude applies to us? What he has written applies to us. He said to build ourselves up in the faith. We are to keep pressing ourselves to grow spiritually. We are to read, as we said earlier, study so we can show ourselves approved. We are to pray in the Holy Spirit. Praying under the direction of the Holy Spirit. We are to keep ourselves in God's love. Until we are to wait for hope. We are to contend for the faith. We must keep the fire of hope alive in us. Now after Jude paint that very dark picture. Because I can imagine being in this church. And... <laughs> And, and, and somebody come and say, be, uh, be aware of something that's happening in the church. Because early on, Jude said, he was compelled. He was going to talk about salvation, but he switched and had to talk about what was going on in the church. So after he painted a very dark picture, and I could imagine that I most probably would have been tired or scared, he ended it for doxology. Jude said, I have, I, have, I, have some, I have seen some serious attacks, but I'm left with these final words. And he jumped onto verse 24. He said, now unto him who is able to keep you from falling is the beginning of the doxology. There are a lot of doxology in the Bible. You've heard that. May the Lord watch between me and you while we are absent from each other. That's a doxology. A doxology is really a brief declaration of praise. It comes from the Hebrew word doxa. And a doxa is an opinion. So after Jude has already talked about and gave them that stern warning, now he's going to give them his opinion, his personal opinion. After they have, you have dealt with a personal challenge, the Bible says you have to encourage yourself. See, those challenges that we are going through right now, we have to speak to ourselves. So Jude said, I have seen some serious attack, but I'm left with these words. Now, unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory 
and majestic dominion and power both now and forever. So, so, so Jude said, I, I, I cannot address the benediction to just anybody. He, he, he said, I'm going to address it to the chosen. Those dearly beloved by God the Father. The separated, those that are set apart and kept for Jesus Christ. He said, I am going to give you my personal opinion that God is able to do anything that you may ask or think. Now, now unto him that is able is a present continuous, which means that he's always doing something. He's continually doing something. There's a song that says, even when you think that God is not working, he's working. But we worship a God who is capable of destroying any virus, any mental defects. He is our creator. Besides him, there is no other. He's the God that's able to protect us from any disease, infirmity, whatever plague that's unleashed, he's our protector. He's able. Ephesians 3, 20 to 21. What does it say? We should know that. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we may ask or think, according to the power that worketh in Cheryl, you should say, according to the power that worketh in me. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus. So there are three words in this verse. It's called a super flourish. I hope I'm saying it correctly. I, I know sometimes bad grammar, but sometimes bad grammar is what brings out the good thing. In Ephesians, it says exceedingly, it goes above. Abundantly, it goes above. Above, above. There are three words that mean all the same. I have no idea why it was placed in there, but it was placed in there for, for a reason. That God can do anything and we cannot limit him. We cannot put a full stop on God when he just keep on going. Can somebody say God is able? In whatever situation you are in right now. And you're saying, God, can you do it? I'm here to tell you, yes. He's able. Now that is the kind of God that I'm talking about. A God who can establish us in the gospel. A God who can do exceedingly things in our lives. When things I remembered. I almost died having my son. When I was three and a half months pregnant, my water broke. There was nothing in there. And tell me how my son survived. He survived. He was born when I was six months. But guess what? He was healthy. Nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking in his life. And this boy is an A student at Florida High. So tell me God cannot do it. He can do it. But you see, we omit that part that says, according to the power that worketh in us, it changes the whole meaning. It is not true that God will do exceedingly abundantly. 
but he can go above that but it's all because of the power too that worketh in us in us in us if you believe in God for something you don't have a job you've been laid out and you're saying God how am I going to feed my children well God said he's more than able if he can do it I remembered in the scripture I think it's in Elijah when the, the, the woman that had just a little bit of oil God can make abundance in just the little you have all you have to do is trust him and be faithful And God is able to protect us. You know, we get so scared when we heard about COVID-19. We are scared to come out of our houses. We are scared to come to the house of God. But that we can go to Walmart. Hello? 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 We can go to Walmart. It's called essential. We can go to the liquor store. It's called essential. The body of Christ is essential. The best place, the best place to be is in the house of God. Why? Because you are among common believers that share the same faith with you. Amen. See, the Bible says we can decree. You say, where the twos and threes are gathered, there he is. Yes. yes, it's good to listen. I'm happy that you're listening right now. And I'm thankful. Please tag and share. You can be listening to any station, but you chose to listen here. And we thank God for that. Amen. But I'm telling you, there is safety in the presence of, of, of your fellow brothers and sisters. God will keep you in perfect peace if your mind is stayed on him. I'm so glad that we are prepared as the body of Christ. See, a lot of people, we as imitators of God ministry, we were getting word upon word upon word. We, not, we did not know what was happening in the house. But God had already told us since January to give a bottle of oil to everyone. Not only that, last year, Pastor Emmanuel talked about unity. See, he talked about faith. You see, we don't know how God is strengthening us among one another. But you see, if you did not get a hold of what was being taught, or you did not stay in the word, so God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory because he's Jehovah Rapha. Psalms 291 say a thousand, which means your job might lost, but guess what? God is always there. I remember sometimes last year before when I lost my job, I was concerned. But, but, but you know what? Sometimes things happen to for our faith to build up. See, we cannot waver when our faith is being built up. I lost my job and I'm telling you, I was just the prettiest thing ever. My hair, my nails, I was just eating out every day. Woo! And I wasn't even doing that when I had a job. Look at God. See, he can do exceedingly. When you limit God, you are limited on your faith. Cannot limit God. He is able to do anything he needs to do. He wants to do what ought to do. And to do it right. He is completely, totally able. And the reason that you're going to make it is not because you are able, but because he is able. 
Can somebody just type, he is able? He is able. Whew. He is in charge. Not me, he is. And so that was number point number one. The sovereignty of our savior. Because he is able. And so that leads me directly to point number two. Which is the security of the saints. Let's look at verse 24. Now unto him who is able to keep, to guard me. To establish me. From falling. You may have heard of the word falling, but I think in some, in some scriptures it says, what? Stumbling. So, so, so I need 50 people that fell that they were stumbling just last week. Not five years ago. Just last week, but because of his grace and because of his mercy, he has just snatched you up. Thank God for that. I thank God for that. God is going to establish you in such a way that when you sleep, he's just going to pull you up. Despite the threat that's against us. You see, there's a cloud in the environment. A cloud that makes us think that God is not working. See, and we close our mouth and we shut our mouth and we are not ready to give God praise. And we are not ready to go in our secret place and say, though he slain me, yet... God is able to keep you from falling. He's an able God. Please take time to meditate on the word and let it sink into your heart and soul and mind today. Knowing that the Christian who meditates on the word will be like a tree planted by the water, bringing forth fruit in its season and prospering in all that he does. But what if you aren't a Christian today? What if you don't know if you're bound for heaven as a forgiven child of God? If that's you, then let's take care of it right now if you're ready. Do you believe that Jesus died for your sins? Are you ready to be forgiven of your sins and washed clean and made new? Are you ready to begin your new life in Christ? Then turn to God right now and say, Lord, I love you. I need you. I repent of my sins. Lord, please forgive me and wash me clean. I receive your forgiveness right now as I put my faith in Jesus as my Savior. God, please lead me and teach me and show me how to live from now on. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And if you're looking for a good church family, you'll be welcomed with open arms at Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee, located at 4750 Capital Circle Southeast near Tram Road. Sunday school begins for all ages at 10 a.m. and the morning service begins at 11. And the Wednesday evening service begins at 7. This is a life-giving, multicultural, multi-generational church where people of all races, backgrounds, and walks of life come together to worship, to be inspired in their love for God, to develop relationships, and to be empowered to live out God's purpose for their lives. Find more information on their website, imitatorsofgodministries.com or call the church 
8496.